Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and today I want to talk to you about the high cost of new and used cars, and more importantly, what you can do about it. Now, it may not seem like you can reduce the cost of buying a car or truck, but there are legitimate things you can do about the high cost of purchasing a new or used vehicle. Now, you may not like some of these solutions, but you do have more control than you think, and we'll dig into the numbers and some of those solutions in just a moment. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. So I've been trying to find an appropriate word to describe how I feel about the excessively high vehicle prices people are willing to pay, along with the interest rates, the -the over-the-top monthly payments, and the really long loans people are willing to accept just to own a new or late model used car. The words like extraordinary or unprecedented, they just don't cut it for me anymore. Especially unprecedented. The word is so overplayed today. I mean, we live in a world of unprecedented events to the point where the word is almost meaningless. So what about words like astonishing or shocking or beyond belief? Well, they get closer to how I'm feeling, but not quite perfectly. They don't quite perfectly describe how I feel about how much people are willing to spend on a used car or truck today. But leave it to the British to come up with the one word that perfectly describes the current state of automotive prices in the U.S., at least for me. And that word is gobsmacked. I love that word, gobsmacked. And I'm truly gobsmacked by what people are willing to pay to drive something new or nearly new today. Now, for those of you thinking, what do the British mean by gobsmacked? Well, this word comes from Irish and Scottish Gaelic, and a portion of the word, the word gob, pops up in other places in British slang. So, for example, shut your gob means literally shut your mouth, or as I like to say, shut your pie hole. So if gob is your mouth, and if you say that you're gobsmacked, it means that you were so surprised or astonished, it was as though someone had smacked you in the mouth. And I would say the current new and used car prices are sort of a slap in the face to consumers. So what about you? Are you as gobsmacked as I am? Yes? No? You're not sure? Well, let's dig into what it currently costs to buy a new or used car in the U.S. to bring you up to speed on this whole crazy car prices thing. So let's start with new car prices. So Kelly Blue Book in March of 2023 stated that the average new car purchase price was $48,008. Now, it dropped a little bit from the high of close to $49,000. It dropped a couple of percentage points, but it's still pretty expensive, $48,000. Now, the average transaction price for used cars, this is according to Edmunds.com, in Q2 of 2023 was $29,472. Again, that was down a little bit. It's down about 4.6% compared to last year's record peak in Q2 of 2022. And that was $30,905. But still, it's a steep 46% increase from Q2 of 2018 when used cars were $20,153 on average. To go from $20,153 to $29,472 in just five years, that's a lot. You're paying a lot more money. Now, what about interest rates? Well, according to NerdWallet, the consumer credit reporting company Experian 
said that in second quarter of 2023, the overall average loan interest rate was 6.63% for new cars and 11.38% for used cars. That was a couple months ago. Rates have gone up since then. It's even more now. So, yeah, pretty expensive. And those are the averages, too. So keep in mind that if you don't have great credit, you're going to pay more in terms of percentage on your loan if you don't qualify for the best rates. Now, beyond the price of the cars, what are people paying in terms of their monthly car payment? Now, the average monthly payment for new cars, according to Credit.com, is $729 per month. $729 per month? That's a lot. And the average monthly payment for used cars, this is according to Yahoo Finance, is $528 a month. That's from second quarter of 2023. Both of those numbers are just mind-boggling to me. I just, I mean, I can't imagine paying $528 a month. I can't imagine paying $729 a month. It's just nuts. Oh, and the average loan term is 68.6 months for new cars and 67.4 months for used cars. That's like five and a half years. That's a long time. And that's the average. A lot of people are paying for, you know, six years, seven years on a car that, you know, the warranty expires after three years. So what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, this is a depreciating asset. You could end up upside down if you don't put a big down payment on the car. So you got to think about these things. Oh, and according to AAA, the average annual cost in the first five years of new car ownership rose to about $12,182 this year, and that's up from $10,728 last year. We're talking $1,000 a month in terms of average annual cost over the first five years to buy a new car. And that's average. There are some cars that are so much more expensive because they're going to depreciate a lot and they cost a lot to get into in the first place. So historically high purchase prices for cars and trucks combined with high interest rates, high monthly payments, and longer terms adds up to one painful purchase and ownership experience, whether you're buying a new or a late model used vehicle, you know, something in the last three to five years. But sadly, it gets worse when the insurance company sends you the bill for your monthly premium. So let me ask you this. Does it feel like you're paying more money for your car insurance these days? Maybe a lot more? Well, you probably are. So the average cost of a used car is 44% higher than it was five years ago according to a 2023 Edmunds used vehicle report. And new car prices are up close to 33% in the same time period, according to Kelly Blue Book. Now, basically, people are driving more expensive vehicles with more expensive and sophisticated driver aid features like lane departure control, radar cruise control, and automatic braking for the awareness-challenged drivers who have trouble finding the brake pedal. On top of that, you have all those expensive electronics that are being stuffed into new vehicles to run touchscreen connectivity and in-car applications to keep those tech-soaked passengers connected and entertained at all times. I mean, it's not like the old days when you just, you know, looked out the window. Today, you have to be connected to the internet. You got to be texting or on TikTok or whatever. Now, all those sophisticated features in cars result in not only higher purchase prices, but higher repair and replacement costs as well if you get into an accident. This means insurance claims are much more expensive, which in turn raises your insurance premiums. And the bottom line is, 
we're paying much more today than we used to even a few years ago because of inflated new and used car prices, inflated interest rates, longer loan terms, and higher insurance rates. So that's the big picture. But how is it hitting regular people like you and me? So everyone's vehicle budget is different, of course, but in a recent article, the New York Times profiled several drivers and highlighted how their cost of car ownership impacts their personal budget. Now, I'll link to the article in the show notes. It's interesting to read, but here are two quick examples of people that they profiled that have special circumstances that make the impact of high vehicle prices even worse in their case. Now, the first one I'll call being upside down in your car. This guy is, his name is Troy. He's 29 years old. And through a series of unfortunate events, Troy ended up having his prior car repossessed. It was a 2013 Honda, but he still owed about $4,800 on it. So he ended up making payments on a car that he no longer owned, which as you can imagine, sucks, right? Now, after trying and failing to make mass transit work to get to his job, he decided, you know, I got to have a car. So he bought another one. He bought a Toyota Corolla, and that car is currently worth about $8,000. The problem is, when he thought about selling it recently, he found out and he really can't do it because he still owes about $16,000 on this $8,000 car. Ergo, he's upside down in the car. A lot of people get into a loan situation or a depreciation situation where they're paying for a car that's worth way less than the loan. Now, if you have a $8,000 car and you owe $9,000, you can get ahead of that pretty quickly. You can increase your payments. You can, you know, you're, you're pretty close. You're not bad. But if you owe $16,000 and your car is worth eight, you're not going to catch up for a long, long time. And at a certain point, if you want to sell that car, you're just going to have to pay extra to get out of it. It's a really bad place to be. So do everything you can to either pay cash, you know, buy less car and pay cash, or put down a relatively large down payment and go for, say, you know, 24 months of payments rather than 36 or 48, right? That's going to increase your payment, which is painful, but it's going to keep you ahead of the curve. You're not going to fall behind where you're upside down in that car. So that's number one. The second one, I'm going to call it Uber owns it. And this is AD, ID. I don't know if that name is correct. Um, she's 56. So she lost her day job and decided to drive for Uber in her 2013 Nissan Rogue to make up the difference. Now, her annual expenses, turns out they're about $22,000, $22,241. And she only ends up making about $12,000 after all expenses. Honestly, <laughs> you know, I, I look at things like Uber and Lyft and I think, why do people drive for them? I mean, it's just a bunch of tech bros making money. And the people who are driving are barely scraping by. She makes $12,000 after expenses. And on top of that, her car's depreciating. Why would you do that? You drive a car for a few years for Uber or Lyft, and let's say you're putting 30,000 miles a year in the car. Your five-year-old car is going to have 150,000 miles on it, and it'll be worth half or less of a similar year car with, say, you know, 40,000 miles. Nobody wants your five-year-old car with 150,000 miles. Sorry, it's just going to be worth less. So she's taking even more of a hit. My advice, don't do that. You could work at McDonald's or Starbucks or something and make more money. And you don't have to drive your car all day. 
Okay, so you're getting beat up from all sides. Purchase price, insurance, interest rates, etc. So how can you fight back? How can you kick the high cost of a new or late model used car to the curb? How can you save money? Well, I've got a few ideas here that may work for you. They're not going to work for everybody because everybody's got an ego and a lot of people, I got to have a new car. I have to have an almost new car. You know, I'm not going to feel good about myself unless I do. But if you can take your ego and move it to the side, here's some ideas on how you can fight back, how you can save yourself money. Number one, keep your current vehicle longer. Hey, uh, there's a thought. If you've got a perfectly good used car and it's getting you around and it works Maybe it doesn't do everything you want. Maybe you have a sedan and you need a truck. Maybe you've got a truck and you need an SUV. You don't need that big open area in the back. You need seats to carry people, right? Okay, if you can make that vehicle work longer, let's say it's still functional and it's reliable, why trade it in? Why get rid of it now? You're going to take a hit no matter what you do. It's not going to be worth what you think it is, okay, sadly. So just keep it longer. Figure out a way to make it work. If you can do that, then you don't have to take on a new payment. You don't have to pay more to get a newer car. You don't have to do any of that. Even if, say, it doesn't get good fuel economy. Yeah, it's costing you more to drive it. But if it's reliable and functional, you might just want to keep it for another year or two. See where prices go. Because this can't keep going forever. And even if it does, it makes more sense to keep your vehicle longer in the long run. You're going to save more money. So that's number one. Keep your current vehicle if you can. Number two. Now, assuming you can keep your current vehicle, here's an easy one. Cut back on your driving. Hello. Double up on your trips. Carpool with a friend. Take mass transit on days when you can take mass transit or if you have access to mass transit. Get a bike. Or better yet, get an electric bike. Now, electric bikes, I got to tell you, they're different. They're heavy. They weigh, you know, 50 pounds or more. Uh, they have limited range. You know, they're not going to run all day, so you're going to have to plug it in at some point. And if you have to ride without electric power up a hill with a 50-pound bike, you're going to regret that. You're not going to be happy with that. But assuming you stay on top of keeping it charged up, that's great. They are something that people like to steal, so you need to make sure you can lock it up in an enclosed space. You don't want to have it out in the open. You don't want to just use a little cable lock to hold it somewhere. You're going to lose it. Sorry. People in big cities, people in small cities, people anywhere, they want to steal your bike, you're going to steal your bike. So take that into consideration. They could steal your car too. So I'm just saying that is one option. Double up trips, carpool with a friend, mass transit, get a bike or get an electric bike. It'll extend your range. Okay. Number three, you want to look down market. When I say down market, I mean like older cars. I don't mean like less reliable or less quality, but older cars, not five years old, but you know, eight years old, 12 years old, 15 years old, maybe older because there's some really good deals out there. That's where the value really is from what I'm seeing. So search for vehicles with a reputation for quality and longevity, but be prepared to give up some features and maybe some NVH, that's noise, vibration, and harshness in exchange for a solid running older used car or truck. Now, when I say look down market for used cars, I would look at some of the episodes we've covered here on Better Than New. There are a lot of great cars that we've covered. Here are just a few of them. 
Recently, I covered the third generation RAV4, Toyota RAV4. That's a great vehicle. Those are going to come in around $10,000, $12,000 for really good examples. Uh, the second generation Honda Pilot, that's the 2003 through 2008. That's a great car. You can find those between $5,000 and say ten dollars or $12,000. Now, maybe not five, more like six or seven, seven to 12. Great car. Uh, you can find them with low miles if you hunt a little bit, but that's a great example. I also recommend the Jeep Wrangler TJ. That's the 1997 through 2006 models. Uh, listen to that episode. It's short. It's like 15 minutes. It's the most popular episode. Um, the Lexus SC400 Coupe. If you just want a two-door coupe to whisk your way across the country to uh, to Las Vegas to go, you know, bet at the casinos. That'd be a great way to go. Reliable vehicle. Fun to drive. The Honda Element. There's another one. I've covered that one. It's like a box on wheels, almost a Swiss army knife kind of thing. If you need four-wheel drive and maybe uh, good fuel economy, how about a Suzuki Sidekick? Or its sibling, the Geo Tracker. Basically the same car. Those are great. They're fun to drive. That was part of the little weirdos series that I did a couple months ago. And there's also the Acura TSX if you want a sedan. That's a great car. The Infiniti FX45. It's a crossover SUV. Came with a V8. A lot of fun, a lot of power, great vehicle if you find a good one. And if you can live with something small, how about a Mazda Miata? Those are super reliable and they're not crazy expensive. All of these cars come in between seven dollars to $12,000. You can find cars in that range. Everything on this list has cars in that range. So that's a great place to look. Look down market for some really good used cars. And there's some really good ones out there. Okay, next, I suggest that you try a sedan. You may be going, wait, what? A sedan, right? You know, the old four-door with relatively low to the ground. It's not an SUV. It's not a truck. It's not a crossover. It's a sedan. Sedans are out of favor with American consumers, and you can save a lot of money buying a sedan. You know, a Honda Accord, a Toyota Camry, a Lexus ES350, something smaller like a Honda Civic, a Toyota Corolla. All these are great sedans, and you can find them at very, very reasonable prices. Now, another way that I suggest you try and save some money is what I call the serendipity search method. Now, I covered this in episode 64 and also in episode 19, and it's very simple. It goes like this. Go to Craigslist, open up the page, you know, for your market, go up to the upper left and click on owner only, no dealer ads, just owner, and start to scroll down and see what pops up that is interesting. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's a weird way to look. No, not really. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. I found some really amazing cars that I, I wasn't really thinking of, but I looked at and went, oh, my God, I could buy that and drive it. Oh, I remember one day, I, I mentioned it in an earlier episode, I came across a Toyota Celica. It was a really nice Celica, just a basic four-cylinder. I think it had a manual transmission. It was $3,800. It was one owner. It had 120,000 miles on it. It was in perfect condition from what I could tell. And you could tell that the people who bought it and kept it for whatever it was, 30 years or, or older, loved the car. But it was 3800 bucks, and it would probably get you back and forth to work. And, you know, you could take it to Radwood on the weekends and, you know, show off your cool 80s Celica to your friends. Hey, that's not a bad way to go. So the serendipity search method, episode 64, episode 19, check it out. Might work for you. And finally, no matter what you do, if you find an older car that works, an older truck, an older SUV, and you think it's the one, right? 
make sure you get a pre-purchase inspection from a trusted mechanic and somebody who actually knows that particular vehicle. So if you're going to go have somebody check out a Toyota Land Cruiser, right, a 100 series Land Cruiser, make sure you take it to a mechanic who knows Land Cruisers, who really knows this is what I'm looking for. This is the things that can go wrong on this particular vehicle because they'll go right to those things. They'll check the basic stuff like, you know, are the hoses leaking? Are the brake pads, you know, thick or thin? Do they need to be replaced? That sort of thing. But they'll be able to go right to the problem areas that they're familiar with on that vehicle. So again, pre-purchase inspection from a trusted mechanic. And those are some of the ways that you can fight back to save money on your next used car purchase. But don't discount that first one. Keep your current vehicle longer if it's still running. You know, a lot of people don't even think about that. They're like, oh, I got to get a new car. No, you don't. You really don't. So think about it. So yes, prices are high for new and late model used cars, but you can fight back by setting ego aside and looking down market to buy an older used vehicle that's still safe, reliable, and fun at an affordable price. And if you don't know where to start, like I said earlier, just check out some of the past episodes of this podcast for inspiration. And on the subject of saving money, next episode, we'll explore the concept of what I call the cockroach car. And we'll talk about why a cockroach may be your best automotive purchase during these times of overinflated car prices. Now, as long as your ego can handle it. Now, I'm not talking about junk cars. I'm talking about those handful of used cars that seemingly soldier on for years with just average care and maintenance. Anyway, we'll talk more about that option next episode. So be sure to check that out if you're looking for something really, really affordable. And when I say really affordable, I mean like $5,000 or less. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and follow this podcast so I can keep bringing you reviews of cool used cars, trucks, and SUVs at a price you'll love. And until next time, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.